Welcome back to the show, folks. It is Real Talk with myself, Bailey Arredondo, coming at you live again from Fort Worth, Texas. We are in the last few days, as some might say, the home stretch of November, heading into December. And winter's here, baby. Weather's getting colder. Those wool jackets in your closet that's been sitting in for the past 10 months are finally getting broken out and couldn't be more excited for what's in store in the NFL. Ooh-wee, it's an exciting time for the NFL. Five weeks left. Five. This is it, people. This is five weeks left of crucial, crucial matchups. It's make or break it time. Your playoff hopes, they're on the line now. Every week matters. Every practice matters. I could tell you from a firsthand experience of, of being a player and also sitting on the sidelines, things get a little more edgy in this time of the year for football. Things get a little more chippier. Because unlike other sports, football's different. 60 minutes. One game. This ain't no seven-game series. It's not a matter of who can win four out of seven in two weeks. No. It's one shot, one game, one opportunity. It's like when an artist goes on tour. They don't got another second chance at a city. Every city they go to, they got to lay it on the line. They got to belt it. They can't have a bad performance. Fans are paying that absurd amount of money to see you perform in their city. So do it. Perform. That's all it is. But in football, and especially in the NFL, this crunch time matters. We gonna find out in these next couple weeks who's for real, who's here to stay, who wants to play in January, who wants to be playing in February. We gonna find out. And to me, this is why football is so fascinating. It's fascinating to me. Because you spend roughly about a week preparing for this game, preparing for a performance. I mean, you know, maybe give or take a few days around a week, maybe you play on a Thursday night or Monday night, but about a week to prepare. And in that preparation, you go through numerous offensive drills, numerous defensive drills, numerous special team drills, and you kind of put together this game plan of how you're going to attack your opponent. I mean, you were kind of set in for about a week on this one single opponent. That's all you can think about. That's what you're preparing for. You're trying to see what packages they like to run, what kind of formations they like to come out of on, you know, third downs. And really, you're just trying to figure them out. You know, some teams spend the whole week just trying to perfect their strengths. They try to perfect that perfect fade throw. They try to get that quarterback-receiver connection, put it in spots that they know they're going to be comfortable catching the ball at. Maybe design more defensive plays to get their best defensive player to the quarterback. Design more blitz packages to allow them to exploit their talent. And then on the flip side, I think there's teams that aren't too worried about their strengths and are more worried about their opposing team's strengths. So they spend more time preparing for what their opponent's going to look like on the field. Having their scout offense run the opponent's offensive play so the first team defense can kind of know what to expect when they get on the field. And like I said earlier, this is why it's fascinating to me because... Kind of like a college test, you prepare for it in a certain way. You kind of know what you're going to expect. You kind of know what's going to be thrown at you. But the true grades, like the people that get those great grades on tests, the people that excel in these moments, whether it's sports or academics, is the people that handle that adversity well. Those questions that you didn't expect. Those questions that make you think twice. And I connect this to football, and especially the NFL in these next five weeks, 
because this is when adversity hits. This is when things are not going to go your way. Like I said, it just gets chippier. It gets more real. Teams are fighting to extend their season. Guys are wanting that playoff check bonus. These are their jobs. You guys don't want to be out of their jobs by December, by January. These guys want to keep playing. So with that being said, I want to bring you about five or six teams that are headlining the NFL, but how I think they're going to transpire in these next five weeks, how I think they're going to finish the season. Are they going to be as dominant as they are now? Are they going to have some flaws here and there? Are they going to go up and down like a roller coaster? It's pro sports. Anything can happen, and I love that. But let me tell you what I think, because I'm a guy that I trust my eye test. I love analytics. I love stats. I, I think they're concrete and they matter, but I'm trusting my eyes. I'm trusting what I see on the field because I got to see it to believe it. So let's get real with it. Let's get into it. I'm going to start with the Chiefs sitting at 9-2 and two and the top seed in the AFC. It's, it's hard to deny that these guys are for real. I think these guys can play. I respect but haven't fully bought into what Patrick Mahomes brings because I think he's in a perfect system where it's an offensive guru and Andy Reid and didn't start right away when he got drafted, had a little time to be a backup, learn the system, build his strength, work out with men, not boys. So he had, he had time to kind of form to himself of what he is now. I think Kareem Hunt's an automatic 100-yard rusher a game. I think he hits his holes nice. I think he has quick speed on the outside to get around perimeter defenders, but I think Tyree Kill is their best player. He's the fastest guy in the NFL. He's a playmaker. Already has over 1,100 receiving yards and 11 receiving touchdowns. So this guy knows what to do. This guy knows how to do it. This guy knows what his role is and what he brings to the table. And I love that. He knows every time he gets the ball, he needs to make a play. Every time he gets the ball, he knows he could go in for six, and he knows that. So as you can tell, offensively, I like Kansas City. I think they're deep, and I think they're a serious threat offensively. But what's one of the oldest sayings in football? Defense wins championships. I watched that Monday night game against the Rams, and I watched that from start to finish, and that Chiefs defense couldn't even stop the wind that night. I mean, it looked not awful, but just kind of lifeless. I mean, they almost expected Patrick Mahomes to back them up by putting points on the board, so it would kind of eliminate their mistakes. So up next for the Chiefs, they play Oakland twice, the Ravens, Chargers, and the Seahawks. Only two of those games are away, and I think they got a pretty good chance to go 13-3. and I think they have a pretty good chance to go 4-1 and in the next five weeks. They're great at home, and I think the only loss they'll have is when they have to travel to Seattle to take on the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Let's stay in the AFC and let's talk about those Patriots. Sitting at 8-3, and three, right behind the Chiefs. Now, I know some of you might not want to hear it, but I think the Patriots are going to win out. I think they're going to finish 13-3 and three as well. They have the Vikings coming up, then they go to Miami, go to Pittsburgh, and have the Bills and Jets at home. To me, besides the Steelers, those are all easy winnable games. You have to remember that sometimes in the NFL, and we see this a lot with the Patriots, it won't be Brady will have a breakout performance to beat you. It won't be Gronk catching for 200 yards to beat you. No, it comes down to Bill Belichick's play calling, his time management, how he sees the game. 
This guy's done it all for how many years now? I mean, he seriously sees a game as slow motion as I can be. So I'm going to trust that. I'm going to ride with that. I think when he wants to be, Rob Gronkowski could be the best tight end in football, both catching and blocking. I think Sony Michelle is a great running back. I think James White, people might forget, is arguably the best catching running back I've seen. Like, that guy might run a better route than half the wide receivers in the NFL. So they have playmakers. They have guys that can just do it. And against teams like the Dolphins, Bills, Jets, Vikings with mediocre Kirk Cousins, I'm riding with 5-0 to finish the season, sitting at 13-3 in the AFC. Now in the playoffs, especially in the NFL, let me remind you that home field advantage matters. It gets real out there in the Midwest. It gets real out there in the Northeast. And let me tell you, home field advantage matters. But my worst fear as a coach, if I was a coach in the NFL, my worst fear would be to play a team in the playoffs that has nothing to lose. Nothing. And right now, that's the Los Angeles Chargers, baby. In my eyes, best defense in the AFC. Sitting at 8-3. and three. Remember, they're in the Chiefs' division. Obviously the conference, but they're in the Chiefs' division. And they're only game back. They're only one game back. And why I trust them is because their defense is solid. You're not breaking that defense up. Besides maybe the Bears, I think this is the best defense in football. And I know how criticized and how up and down it's been with Phillip Rivers, but at the end of the day, this guy can play quarterback. This guy knows his reads. He knows his receivers. He knows his strengths. He knows what he can do. So he can play quarterback. And by the way, he also had one of the best statistical performances a quarterback has ever had in the NFL just last week, but who's counting that? But nonetheless, when your defense takes a little bit of stress off you and they lift that weight off your shoulder, plays are made. Big plays, big-time moments are made. And with the receiving core like the Chargers have, and with a dynamic running back duo between Melvin Gordon, which I know just got injured, but I think he'll be okay come postseason time, and Austin Eckler, I think this team sits at 11-5 and five at the end of the season. Their next five games, they go to Pittsburgh, host the Bengals, to Cincinnati, host the Ravens, and then go to Denver to take on the Broncos. So I think they lose two of those three. I don't know if I trust them in Pittsburgh. It's just a, a tough place to play. And same goes with Kansas City and Denver. I think they win one of those, though. I think they win one of those. But Bengals and Ravens, easy dubs. So I think the Chargers will finish at 11-5. and five. Moving over to the NFC, let's talk about those highly anticipated, highly discussed New Orleans Saints. Now hear me out on this. The Saints are for real. They're going to make it to the NFC Championship. No doubt, no question, right into the books. But I don't know if they're getting that home field advantage. I don't know if they're finishing out the one seed in the NFC. So up next, they have three road games. They take on the Cowboys, Bucks, Panthers, and then host the Steelers and Panthers to finish up the season. They'll destroy the Cowboys tomorrow night. They'll destroy the Bucks the next week. But at Carolina, I don't know. I think the one kryptonite to the Saints is a running back that is dynamic. When they go against a running back that can pass and catch, I think it throws them off a little bit. You know, first things first is that Drew Brees has a chance to have the best statistical season a quarterback has ever had. I mean, this dude is just, he just 
he's feeling himself. Have you seen, have you watched him recently? He looks like he's having fun. He looks like it's almost effortless. It's just, it just looks like he's been doing this his whole life. If I was a, a brand new NFL fan or someone that just tuned in this season and I'm watching Drew Brees, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, this guy must have at least five or six Super Bowls. I mean, he's playing that confidently. But it's that little voice in the back of my head that says, don't forget, defense wins championships. And I believe that. So I'm not sold on the Saints defense. I think they're good, but I don't think they're great. So for me, I got to see if they can handle this pressure. I can see if I got to see if they can close. Their offense will be fine. Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram will get them at least over 100 yards combined, probably two or three touchdowns. They have a solid receiving core in Mike Thomas and when healthy at Traquan Smith and newly additioned Brandon Marshall, but it's on their defense. It's time to step up. So I picked them to finish at 14-2, and two, losing just one of these next five games, but I think they're going to be the second seed in the NFC. And guess who's going to be number one? I'm feeling the LA Rams. I'm thinking the Rams finish this season 15-1. and one. They're going to win out. In the last five weeks, they go to Detroit. Then they go to Chicago. Then they host Philadelphia. Go to Arizona. And then wrap up the season at home against 49ers. Let me tell you, people. They're beating Detroit. Now, the Bears, I think, is going to be the toughest game just because they have to go to Chicago. But I think they'll come away with the win. I don't, I don't know if I trust Trubisky enough to say that Chicago has a chance. I think their defense is great. But I just think the Rams put too many points on the board and is going to overwhelm Chicago in a way that Chicago hasn't been overwhelmed this season yet. And then they're going to take care of business at home against Philadelphia. I know that's the reigning Super Bowl champs. I know they have a world-class head coach. And I'm a big believer that Carson Wentz is the truth. But did you see how the Eagles played last week against the Giants? I mean, if they played any other team other than the Giants, they would have lost that game. I mean, they just looked okay to me. They could move the ball maybe 20 to 30 yards, but then mistakes were being made. They gave up huge plays. They let a rookie go for almost 200 all-purpose yards in the first half? I don't care if it's Saquon Barkley or Jesus Christ himself. Can't let a rookie do that in the first half. Stop him. Figure something out. So I think the Rams will beat the Eagles and then, I mean, come on, Cardinals 49ers. I don't even need to explain myself with that. So I know. With that being said, I'm feeling the Rams are going to go 15-1. and End the season with home field advantage in the playoffs. They have an elite quarterback in Jared Goff. And what people might not remember about Jared Goff is how young he is. This guy has room to grow. But with youth comes hunger. I think Jared Goff is more hungry to win than a lot of people might give him credit to. I think this guy's a winner. And to back him up is Todd Gurley, who to me is arguably the best running back in football. I mean, that guy is a freight train coming downhill. And in the Monday night war against Kansas City, I think he got a little banged up in the first quarter. I think that's why he wasn't a true vocal part in that offense in the rest of the game. Imagine if he would have just got the ball maybe 15 or 16 more carries. I think the Rams could have ran away with a 20-30 point lead. He would have found the end zone. Kansas City's defense isn't that good. So the weapons are there. They have dynamic players on offense. But... 
their defense has been not only scrutinized, but I think a little forgotten about. They have Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in football, no questions asked. This guy can get to where he wants to go whenever he wants. And that should not be taken for granted. Remember, there is an offensive line literally meant to be a wall for quarterbacks, and he eats them for breakfast. And don't forget about Nadana Kinsu. Forget his history, he can play. I think he was kind of forgotten about in these past few weeks just because, I mean, in the Monday night game against Kansas City, I didn't even notice he was on the field. I mean, he barely did anything. But with his style of play and what he brings to the table, like as his big of a body as he has, they're going to get him involved. He's going to make plays. It's just, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. He's too good of a player not to. Plus, they have good perimeter defenders in Sam Shields and Marcus Peters. And a great addition in Dante Fowler to stack the box. So, I know the stats haven't given it a good glimpse on what the Rams are capable on defense. I know they've given up a ton of points. But, like I said earlier in the show, I go to my eye test. And I look to see who's a playmaker, who's the bigger, better athlete, and who can make big-time plays in big-time moments. And with all that being said, these teams that I've listed today, I think they all got a great shot to make in the Super Bowl. I think they're all capable. But these next five weeks, we'll obviously see if I'm right or wrong. But more importantly, we're going to see players break out. We're going to see guys have career games. We're going to see plays being made. So I challenge all the NFL fans out there listening to this, go to your eye tests. Just watch. Forget analytics. Forget stats. To you, who's the best player on the field? Who's the best player on the team? Who's a playmaker? Because these games matter. So buckle up.